welcome to Blizzard Watch, the uh, podcast where I sound like a croaking frog while we talk about Blizzard games. I'm Matthew Rossi, your host for this week, and with me this week are two frankly tolerant co-hosts. First up, she does practically everything for the site, uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, how are you this week? I'm good now. Yeah. The week started off on like on like not a good note, but it's on a better note now. So I'm cool now. Um, And I'm glad. It's weird. I feel like I can like smell your cough syrup over the internet. Yeah, it's 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 something. It's it's a special it's a special blend. If you if you weren't here for the pre-show, I'm sorry you missed my. That was did we record that? Like my description of this stuff. For like for like it was on the Patreon. It'll be on the uncut, but. Yeah, so it was uh, fascinating. Yeah, it's a it's a cough syrup called Buckley's, and if you haven't heard of it, it's a Canadian cough syrup where the slogan is actually "It tastes horrible, but it works." Yeah, like that's seriously they they're proud of the fact that this thing tastes amazingly bad, and I won't go into detail beyond that. But also with us this week, uh, he's the editor in chief and general Grand High Poobah of the site, um, Alex Zebart. Alex, how you been? Um. But all right, it's kind of that time of the year, isn't it, where everybody is sick because winter is misery. I think in my case, it, it always happens that my wife gets sick because she's like works in a, in a medical place, so she usually brings something home and like it's usually hit or miss whether or not I get it. Uh, but this year, I got it. Uh, yeah, I, I see. Like, so far in life, I have been very resistant to illness unless it is unless it's brought onto my doorstep. In winter, it's mostly like uh, the air gets so dry and so cold that. I feel miserable until I remember I should probably take a cough drop and turn on the like humidifier. And then it's fine. But if somebody brings illness into my home, my, my wrath unto them. I was going to say, you sound an awful lot like you're starting hope, like you're starting your manifesto. <laughs> but woe unto thee who bring illness into my home. I was going to say, like, I'm basically in a mountain citadel, so it, sickness does not happen here just because poor fools. People, people don't come here. So. <laughs> And if they do, the wolves will be unleashed upon them. What wolves? You don't have any no, wolves. Coyotes. Coyotes. Whatever. A lot of Close coyotes. Enough. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you, dry air, that alone, if you don't do something about it, can make you miserable. Just well, no I'm, moisture. Your skin my, itches all the time. So I don't have that problem because half my ancestry is from, like, you know, way up north in Europe. And so they're pretty acclimated to it. So I'm actually fine with cold. It's funny. Moving here was probably the best thing I could have done in terms of, like, you know, dealing with the season because at least it's cold half the year yeah i mean it's not it's not the cold that bothers me it's that you know um, i live in an area that it's spring and summer it's very humid it's very mm-hmm. moist and you kind of get used to that and then the cold comes in and with it all the moisture just goes away yeah because it freezes it out of the air yeah so all of a sudden everything is so dry when like a month earlier it was so wet and it yeah, just Ed- freezes you up edmonton is never d- damp it's always dry but it gets to be sub, like, it gets, like, negative 30, negative 40 here. So there's no moisture in the air at all in winter. Like, none. Yeah. If you I let, live in a desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, so do I, really. The Edmonton is on yeah. its way. There you go. But, uh, alrighty. Uh, we should talk about top stories, because we have a couple. We only had one when I wrote the email, but then another one popped up, so. Um, and you were just explaining it to Alex, so do you want to explain the whole Demon Hunter thing, the, the Demon Hunter uh, yeah. cosmetic thing? There was um there was a new item that was just added to anybody who's pre-ordered Legion or anybody who does pre-order Legion. You know how you get the digital bonus items? Um, they just added a new item to the list. Um, originally, in Diablo 3, you got a set of Demon Hunter wings. They look like Illidan's wings. They're the purple with the green veiny bits, tattoos, whatever you want to call them on them. Um, and they just added a helm transmog that you can use that'll give you the blindfold and it'll also give you Illidan's horns, the ones that like dip forward and swing back. So it looks pretty cool. Um, and that's pretty much, that comes with the digital deluxe edition and I'm assuming the collector's edition as well. Although, have they actually announced the physical collector's edition? Like, what's going to be in it or anything like that? I usually pick that one up because there's an if art they book. did, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't heard about it. Yeah. I usually pick that one up because I like the art book and I also like the soundtrack. But I'm really keen on the art book 99% of the time. Yeah. I'd, one of my favorite things about the Cataclysm special or, uh, edition, special edition was the uh, art book. It's really good. I was kind of disappointed with the Warlords art book, mostly because um, I don't think that there was actually 
an actual picture of a Draenei anywhere in the book. Nope. There was there was a couple of Draenei buildings, but there were no <laughs> Draenei. Like, there was no pictures of Urel or Velen or anybody. It was just like, here's a few buildings. This is this is Karabor, and this is Shadrath, and that's, be happy with that. Kind of that weird, was it. <laughs> they have Urel concept art that they showed yeah. at BlizzCon. They just chose not to include her in the art book. It was just really weird, because they had like a whole section dedicated to garrison buildings, but they couldn't be bothered with the Draenei, which I was like, why did that happen? That's weird. So I honestly feel like they didn't know how important Urel was going to be when they made that book. I don't know. Uh, also, though... Um, also this week, news, um, Gen Grey Mane's available in Heroes of the Storm, finally. So, yeah. if you're waiting for that to go out there and you can get that. Um, I was surprised to find out that the Ringmaster uh, skin existed, and that the Ringmaster yeah. skin is just made because it's it's a cat variant. You're, you're yeah, a lion, it's, basically. It's a lion. So that's pretty cool. Alex, you, you play a lot of heroes, right? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, they haven't... The new heroes recently have had some balance issues in that uh, they tend to be kind of bad. Uh, Lunara is considered fairly widely considered to be really underpowered and not particularly useful in competitive play. Uh, and Blizzard, being Blizzard, doesn't do like balance changes very often in their games, and that's kind of a problem when they have heroes, which is meant to be you know competitive esport kind of game. Uh, I'm really curious if Gen Greymane is going to be played. Uh, I mean, people will for like casually, you know, just quick matches or versus AI, whatever. Of course they will, because you can play anything in those. It's just fun. But, I don't know. I, I've read that he's a real nightmare if you combine him with a medic class. Like uh, people are talking about him being unstoppable if he has a medic. Well, we'll I don't. See. I'm definitely interested because yeah, Lunara was. She's fun to play, you know, just kind of screwing around. But she's not deemed as very useful in any other capacity. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely interested if Gangray Main is going to come out of the gate any good or not, or too good. That happens too. But again, it's a Blizzard thing that they don't make balance changes very often. So if they release a hero that's an issue, it could be months before they do anything about that issue. Alrighty. Uh, as is usually the case, now we'll move on to the email. Uh, Diablo 3's patch came out today, too. Diablo 3's patch. Ah, thank you yeah. for catching me. Uh, you want to talk about that one? Since, again, that allowed me to turn off my mic and cough and that? Sure. Uh, Diablo 3 patch 2.4 went live today, and... Uh, as someone who only really started getting into Diablo within the last few weeks, I haven't paid much attention to the patch until today. There's a lot of stuff in it. I mean, there's What's the new going zone. on with it? There's the, the new zone, which I knew about, which is Grey Hollow Island, which is kind of like Ruins of Sesheron, where they added this another zone to the map. And uh, it's kind of like a dark and spooky place, like everything in Diablo. And it seems like they've done the story content there with adventure mode in mind rather than the camp- the story campaign in that you're supposed to discover kind of what happened there more organically. You just find stuff and pick it up rather than you getting a straight narrative through it. Cool. But there's I'm... a lot of other things in the patch, like uh, older zones have new areas. So they've expanded older zones. Um, there's, you know, lots of new stuff for the seasons, tons of balance changes, and a lot of the features from the console version of Diablo 3 came around. Really? So you get new bonuses for, like, if you, you know, previously, if you just destroyed a bunch of objects, you would get some XP. Uh, the console version is, if you destroy, you know, a certain number of things within a certain amount of time, you get a little buff. Like, earlier I was playing, just to try it out, and I destroyed, like, 10 objects or whatever. It's like, okay, you have a speed buff for 30 seconds. Go. Oh, cool. And just lots of little things in So it was, play. like, those pillar things that you can click on when you're playing... Yeah, it's like the the pillars or the pylons, and except you earn those buffs just through playing Wrecking things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, from my Diablo experience, that was going to make playing with my wife even harder. Because, <laughs> because as a barbarian, you want to smash stuff to generate fury, but oh, yeah. demon, demon hunters shoot stuff at range all the time. They're just constantly shooting it before you can smash it. Yeah. Now she'll be getting run speed buffs and going tearing ahead of me and everything. That's so, going to be great. So... If a new patch came out, that means that the new season's coming out, right? That starts Friday night. Is it Friday night? Is it 5 p.m. Pacific? Yes, you did. 5 p.m. It starts. And uh, I think some of us at Blizzard Watch are hoping to play some of that. So we're probably going to live stream it, YouTube, whatever. Cool. Uh, So I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, this patch, uh, there's just way more in it than I expected. I thought it was just like, oh, here's some new items for the scene or whatever. No, it's new zones, lots of new stuff, new systems, lots of balance changes for pretty much every class. It's pretty big. I was surprised. Okay. Cool. 
All right. Now I'm going to do the email thing unless there's something I should talk about instead. Nope. Anyone? All yours. Nope. You're good. All right. Okay. Uh, as is always the case, send an email to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com uh, or you can use Patreon and you know, can send stuff directly to Alex. And either way, you know, we like to answer questions. You know, it's doesn't have to be a lore question. Everyone thinks that we always talk about lore, but we'll try anything. Uh, whatever we get a question on, we will try and talk about. This first one is from Sidonorna, and I think I just pronounced it right, although he pronounced it Sidonorna. I don't know. I wouldn't pronounce Sidenorna. it Sidonorna. Yeah, yeah, I would pronounce it Sidonorna, but whatever. Hello, you credible hulks of Warcraft. Um, we've talked before about the credibility of our hulkishness. We think Alex is the most credible hulk. I'm the most credible hulk here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm slightly less credible. Although, I mean, I've, I have the raging thing down, but the I'm, I'm sure Alex has the more hulking aspect. And I, I we're going to have to say that Anne is the least credible hulk. Sorry. I just don't believe you're the hulk. Sorry. Yeah. You've never seen me uh, when I'm angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> I mean, anybody who has met me can attest to the credibility. I am getting sick of being given higher and higher ranks in game. I say this because as we get more ranks, we cannot really make any choice. So it's like the promotions without raise or power. Let's take class halls. My hunter is a night elf, and she would never never respect any hunter that uses a gun. She would never work with them. That or around half of the horde races. My shaman hates Thrall and feels like no matter how bad Garage's leadership was, Thrall put him in charge and left him alone. She would at best understand that Thrall is a powerful shaman, but his judgment is flawed beyond repair. My death knight has no interest in leading. She is not here to lead an army. She is not a big picture person. Little note for a few horde leaders for the races. Uh... Dark Spears, uh, Zentabra, she is the first troll druid and, ha- and has knows how to work with others. Master Gadrin was Vol'jin's mentor, so that's saying something. Orcs, I'd love to see Gorgona be put in the spotlight. She is an orc raised in the shadow of the old horde and has seen what power can do to people. She understands what needs to be done, even if it costs her. I- I'm not entirely sure if there's an actual question here. Um, I think it was just a, a conversation point, really, in that, you know... Is it is there any point to us being given command of these things when you know they're better off having characters in the lore do it? And um, I don't entirely disagree. Uh, I never feel like uh, when they say, "Oh, you're in command of this thing," like I don't, I never am under the impression that my character actually has any influence anywhere. It's just game systems, so it doesn't really bother me. But uh, the the faction neutrality stuff always coming up is weird because there's the whole Horde Alliance war that's happening, but it's not happening. It's happening, but it's not happening. And I think they have to... Um... Well, I think in Legion they're kind of stressing the fact that there are bigger and more important things to worry about than petty feuds between factions at and the moment. And yet, from what I've seen of the questing, they're ramping up the faction war more than ever at the same time. Yeah, see, I haven't done a whole lot of the questing yet, so and we don't really want to spoil any of that we're not stuff, gonna spoil but... but what i'm saying is stormheim uh they're kicking that war off big time that's, that's yeah but i will say this much though um and again we, without me putting spoilers in this is the first time that the horde alliance conflict has felt personal yeah rather than just we hate each other because game the, the game the game has been framed in such a way that we hate each other no it actually you if nothing else, I believe that the people pr- who, who are leading these two factions would want to kill each other. Like, for once, I'm finally, I, I accept your motivation. You know, I may not agree with it, but I, I accept it. Like, that makes sense to me. So and yet, at least our, our cooperation in the same expansion is even more explored with Class Hall. It's, so it's, it's the same, same dissonance going on. Like, yep, you're totally at war, but you're also not. There's... Like the whole war aspect may be more plausible, but it's kind of running into the same thing that we ran into with Warlords and Ashran. We just came out of an expansion where, like, the biggest lesson we learned is that, like, you know, the, the Pandaren were all about you need to just walk away. One side needs to walk away. If you don't just walk away and leave things as they are, this is going to be a vicious cycle of violence that goes on forever and ever and ever, and it destroys things. And that was, like, a valid lesson to teach, and then we promptly ignored it. Like, and, and at the I mean, end just... of at the end of Siege of Orgrimmar, you know, Varian was very explicit. He said, if you guys try anything again, we will wipe you out. And right. then the, we go... The last scene of Missa Pandaria is Vol'jin and Varian kind of seeming to have this understanding. This, yeah, like and this understanding. One of the first things you do in Warlords is go to Ashran. So it's not like there's even time before these events in the narrative. It's like you go from 
the understanding to, nope, let's fight again. Nope, let's fight again. We don't trust each other. And, and it was just kind of really jarring and abrupt. It was like, well, did we learn nothing from Pandaria at all? Is that the lesson here? Is we could be given a lesson, but we'll just choose to ignore it anyway? Because that's and not really you, satisfying. And in Legion, let's be you 100%. can't say, you know, your character isn't participating in the war because they're part of this class hall. Like, no, you go to your class hall and you have this neutral ground. And you go out to quest, and you are immediately stepping back into the war. You're participating in both the neutrality and the war being more warish than ever. It's, it's, there's a dissonance there. Yeah, there's kind of a dissonance there. I mean, as far as individual characters go, from what Side Norno was talking about, as far as my shaman doesn't like this, and my death knight doesn't want to lead, and all this other... If you're talking about from a role-playing perspective, these are all in-game elements that you can pretty much choose to ignore you don't have to accept the fact that oh yeah my particular character is now the leader of everybody in the class because everybody else is also being set up for the exact same thing so that's something that you can just kind of like shove to the side and play how you want role play oh, yeah. how you want if um, i was role playing my rogue and somebody mentioned the uncrowned she would say who yeah yeah, that's pretty much... Um, maybe she's wouldn't, lying, wouldn't she, she, would wouldn't say, she say who anyway? I mean, there's supposed to be a secret of order. Right. You're not <laughs> like, ground, those guys. Maybe oh, she's yeah, lying. the Unground. That secret organization. Okay, that's where all you guys went. Cool. You know, but um, yeah, I know, like, personally, with my rogue characters, they, they wouldn't really be into that whole, oh, I'm going to be part of this whole super secret organization thing. That's just not how they roll, and it's not how they've ever rolled in any story that I've ever done with them as roleplay characters. So I just kind of like elements like that are things that I just sort of push to the side and gently ignore and just, you know, roleplay how I want to roleplay. And it's all good. I'm starting to think I'm fairly unique among WoW players and that I see a lot of people complaining about this, like the idea of being put into the lead of the organization or the lead of the garrison or whatever. And they don't, they don't like that. They want to go back to feeling like a nameless adventurer again. And I'm always like, no, man, I have I have done so much. I totally should be in charge. You earned you this, kidding? yeah. Yeah, you. I, at this point, I think of my character as just below Rexar in terms of his importance because I've done all this stuff. In fact, you know, hey, maybe I'm above Rexar. I'm, you know, why should he be champion of the Horde? He, he's been sitting there doing nothing for like eight years. I'm the one who like went he's and stopped. He's out on Outlands somewhere, yeah. hanging out with his dad. I, I stopped Illidan. I stopped, uh, you know kill Jaden. I stopped Arthas. I stopped Malagos. I stopped, you know, Deathwing and Ragnaros. And then I went to Pandaria and ultimately I stopped Garrosh. And it's like, at some point, man, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with people looking to me first. You should look to me first. I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel an awful lot like Sorfang. Actually, it's one of the reasons I'm going to retire one of my warriors. Uh, I've pretty much already retired him and yeah, I just, I parked him in Carabor and he's done. Yeah, it's a little bit, um, I, I think people are expecting kind of like a, a tabletop role-playing game experience here, and that if they want to sit in the tavern all day, and their friends are cool with that, go for it. Um, but it, it's not really that kind of game. It's like, you know, if you play Mass Effect, you don't say, I don't want to be Shepard, I want to be the barkeep. That doesn't yeah. happen, but that's a, that's a different style of game. That's like, right. you know. It's, it's just not the kind of game Warcraft is. Yeah. Can you play it that it's, way? It's, yeah, sure, you could if you wanted to, but it's not going to get you very far. Well, I mean, you know, people are free to do what they want when they're playing by themselves, too. I mean, that's yeah. the thing about role-playing. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that, like, if there was a game where I could be a barkeep, I'd probably play it. Because I like playing, like, shopkeeper games. Like, that's awesome to me, but it's just not the experience that's going to be in World of Warcraft. Oh, hey, remember we were talking about mobile things they could do? Yeah. A mobile game, Eiling Trius's Cheese Shop. Yes, I'm in. Yes, yeah. I'd be all over that. Okay. Sell adventure, you know, buy strange things from adventurers desperately trying to get enough gold to buy a bag. You know, why does <laughs> this is a game like that? I know there's lots of games where you can play like an RPG shop key. Like you can be a vendor, and you know, there's lots of games like that. Are there any games where you can be like the barkeep or innkeeper, where adventurers come in like, do you have any information for me? And you just talk crap. I don't think so. And, like, the whole point want... of the game is to, like, give them advice, but you have to give them valid advice, or you give them terrible advice, and your ranking is, like, based on... Yeah, like, that would be just... fun! 
like you build up your clientele by deciding who you want to be successful. And if there's somebody being a jerk in your bar, you send them into like a dragon's den and they get eaten and you never see them again. Or they come back more successful than ever, and you're like, damn it. The people you like, you kind of give them more difficult tasks to level them up. That would be amazing. That'd be a fun game. They should get on that. Blizzard, if you're listening, do that. Yes, anyway, now that Alex has created like the next uh, <laughs> Candy Crush, um, the next email is from Klug. Remember Klug, everybody? Hi, Klug. Hey, Klug. Uh, since we are at the end of Warlords for a while, a friend and I have been leveling a couple tunes. We are in Northrend at the moment and ran Ankatet the Old Kingdom. He just then realized that the Faceless and the Illithid from D&D are somewhat similar. My question this week is, what has WoW taken from other sources Everything. and made their own? Uh, yeah, but just let me finish the email, man. That you really thought were, were amazing. Like Harasi mentioned a couple weeks ago about the Halls of Valor and the Vrykul being basically taken out of the Norse mythology. Uh, i got to say, I don't think I was the only one who's mentioned that. I'm pretty sure Alex has mentioned oh, that yeah. every single time he's seen it. Uh, thanks again for the great work. And now you guys can talk and I can drink some... Um, everything. I think, yeah, they've still they've taken everything. Like, there's nothing... Um, I don't think there's anything wholly original to Warcraft, but which isn't necessarily a problem. I mean, you can take, make things, you know, take inspiration. That's fine. Um, there are degrees, like, I think the Vrykul are really cool, however, I think the Watchers and so forth associated with the Vrykul are really lame. The Vrykul are kind of... you, kind of... I find them fascinating, but, you know, maybe well, that's, the, maybe that's cool. the benefit of, of sourcing from so many different sources, is that invariably somebody's going to find something that's interesting in the middle of all of that. What it is for me is, have they put their own twist on it? And with the Vrykul, I think they have. Um, with all of their deities that literally have the same name they do in Norse mythology, they haven't contributed anything to that. Therefore, it's really lame to me that they've included this. Uh, it's the same with um, Uldum, where you go into the dungeons in Uldum, and the bosses are just Egyptian gods. So they're like, oh, we're not going to change the name. Just fight Anubis or whatever. I think that's boring to me. A little. They could have probably done a little bit. And, and I shouldn't say that, you know, we. I don't know if we want to say, like, taken so much as borrowed heavily from and incorporated elements from sometimes way more directly than others. But I mean, even the old gods, people have often compared the old gods to, you know, Lovecraft. Oh, that's, that's, that's straight up what it is. <laughs> that's straight up what it is. You know, <laughs> you go, you look at any Lovecraft stuff and you can, you, you can see the correlation. It's, it's absolutely there. Um, and I think honestly, didn't the game, when it originally came out, like the first RTS, wasn't it supposed to be a Warhammer thing, and then it ended up not being a Warhammer thing, and yeah. they just made it, it into their own thing? Yeah. It was literally a Warhammer game until they didn't get the license. So... And so they, they just The game itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We say everything, what I mean we is... mean, like, everything. <laughs> For that matter, the Warcraft based... 3 Night Elves were amazing to me, because it was elves, but they kind of put a spin on it and made them a little different. So the Warcraft 3 elves, like, this is really cool. They've put their own touch on this. Yeah. But in World of Warcraft, night elves are a lot more like your traditional elf, run-of-the-mill normal elves, and they're a lot less cool to me because it's just the same old thing. Yeah. That's why I want more of that Warcraft 3 feel back for the night elves. When I've done the Q and the past, I've actually shown people the concept art for night elves. Yeah. Uh, And The concept art of night elves was that the male night elves barely spoke. And the female night elves were like had blood all over their faces from things they'd killed and eaten. Like, and the implication was those things might not necessarily be animals. Yeah, they were like, brutal. These these people are, you know, Taronda, Taronda killing people for not immediately obeying her wasn't supposed to be a unique thing to Taronda. That was supposed to be night elves working out their leadership disputes. Like that's how night elves are. They were you, a you lot know. more feral, I guess. Like when. When uh, Tr- when Malfurion tells Taronda, you can't do this, and she's like, only the goddess may forbid me anything. That's supposed to be, like, that's how their society works. Yeah, the the, the entire fabric of, of Warcraft is Blizzard just pulling from these other things. And, like I said, you know, when they put their own spin on it, and they make it a little different. It's really cool when they just copy-paste from somewhere else. It's really lame. Okay, uh, but... One of the things I wanted to mention, actually, which isn't the stuff we've been talking about, um, obviously, let's be completely frank, you know, we already talked about how they borrowed from Warhammer. The fact is that they have orcs and so forth. That's all of that's borrowed. Torrent are the closest they have to an original race and the original group, and they're not. 
they're just minotaurs for for some reason they're native american they're, they're yeah they're native american minotaurs yeah so uh you could literally gnomes not original goblins not original uh you could keep going like war warcraft feels an awful lot like somebody's really fancy D D campaign like it, it really does have a sense a sense of you know Everything you recognize from other the other fantasy sources, but turned a little on its head. It's like, like the, the fact it's like a it's, great big crossover fanfic, and it works. Like what happens if the Norse it, it gods? So because that that like I said, you know, that kind of keeps it because compa- the fact that they're borrowing from so many different elements of you know fantasy, uh, typical fantasy tropes and things like that means that everybody's going to find like one or two things that they really dig, even if they don't dig this other thing over here. Like you might not like the Titan watcher things, but you think the Rykul are pretty cool. You know, it's that kind of a thing. Everybody you go to finds their little, yeah. And you find, you look at Blizzard entertainment stories and it's like Thor making love to, you know, a, a deep one from this just Lovecraft. got really weird. That's fan fiction for you. Okay. All right. Thank you there. Okay. I was going to mention Algalon and how cool I thought Algalon was the first time we saw him. And the fact that Algalon is basically the Silver Surfer. Like, seriously, Algalon yeah, is the much. Silver Surfer. <laughs> but they changed him enough that you don't immediately think, oh, it's the Silver Surfer when he shows up. You have to think about it. So that's – but I'm going to move on now before Alex gives me something. Look, that was disturbing. no weirder than actual Norse mythology. Uh, I'm not saying it isn't. There's that part where Thor tries to lift a cat and he's actually destroying the world or he's attempting to drink from a horn and he's drinking the ocean. I'm not arguing that Loki giving birth to God knows sleep. Horses. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going to move on now to the next email, which is from, I think, Magnificent. Yeah. Magnificent. So I think it's a play on the word magnificent mage. So it's a hey, guys. Having read about all the artifacts on the official website, as well as your fantastic KYLs, I was surprised and pleased by how well they seemed to have made all of them you know, slide so neatly into existing lore. That being said, there were a couple of specs where I expected to receive a weapon already established in lore, and they instead gave us a new one. The main one for me that came to mind was the enchanted wooden axe used by Broxigar. I thought that would be a perfect for arms warriors. So I was wondering if there were any other artifacts you were expecting but didn't get. Keep up the good work. Magnificent. I don't know how you say that, man, but okay. You two go. I'm going to start coughing. Um, I know that an enchanted wooden axe is supposed to be really cool because it was really cool in the story. But if somebody told me I was getting a wooden axe as my artifact, I'd tell them to do something rude. Look at ironwood axe empowered by the ancients that'd be pretty awesome i thought that was going to be a thing am i am i mistaken in assuming that this was going to be a thing i thought that was going to maybe that was just people talking about wanting that thing people talked about it uh a lot of people kept saying it to me and i was like nope not gonna happen i knew from the start that that was coming it belongs to his niece now she has it it was i don't know how she got it in Stormrage, it was it was a no, no. I know she got it in Stormrage, but I'm still. It's one of those things where no matter how many times people different people tell me about it, I don't buy it. Yeah, because Thrall yeah. Thrall gave it to her, and I'm like, well, how did he get it? You know? Oh yeah. yeah. How did so anybody get it? Because he took that through a portal and flung it at Sargeras. How did it make the trip back when Brock? Yeah, especially it? it it was the wound that it caused in Sargeras that allowed them to keep Sargeras out. Yeah, it was. Well, just you like, see, the thing is, it's also a boomerang. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's so part, it, oh, it just magical. Came problems. back around, flew back out as far the portal. As, as far as I'm concerned, that axe is still in Sargeras's thigh, and <laughs> whatever she's, whatever Thuris is carrying around is not it. But that's you know that's beside the point anyway. Uh, it's like a splinter, the, the, a really annoying splinter. The sword that we get as Arms Warriors is one of the coolest artifacts, period. It's it's one I'm, I'm the most interested in. But I will say this, that the artifact weapons are chock-a-block with swords. There are a lot of swords. Um, yeah. Warriors got nothing but swords. It was swords, 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 um, which I thought was weird. I do think Death Knights get two get two get a big two-handed sword, two paired swords, and then one axe. I think that's one of the few axes that anyone gets. Paladins, obviously, they get a two-handed sword. Uh, they get a hammer for Holy, and uh, Rhett gets a shield, and the shield comes with a sword. Um, I'm not terribly upset there aren't a ton of maces, because I think maces are some of the worst-looking weapons in WoW. Uh, I don't think they can make... They haven't been able to make any hammers that are compelling to me. And they're cool weapons. Like, the, the thought of using one is really cool, but none of them in WoW have really 
grabbed me. So I'm, I'm like, sorry. Well, I've always thought Solf was awesome. I thought it was awesome when I got it back in the day. I still think it it's awesome. Right. No, it was awesome. I'm sorry that you don't understand good things, but it was awesome. So, and so knowing that Blizzard rarely makes hammers that appeal to me, um, not having many of them as artifacts is probably a good thing from my perspective. Honestly, one of the problems I have is that a lot of weapons that I think would make good artifacts already exist and thus can't be artifacts. Like, I'd love to have, like, I would I would have loved the Hammer of the Naru to be an artifact, but it's the already that. Naru is one of the hammers that is awesome to me. Like, that's one of the ones I love. So. Yeah, because it has a lot of, like, it's got lore from the original, cin- the BC cinematic, right? I mean, who didn't like seeing it in that cinematic? And it, it looks hefty, and it ha- um, wow, I'm going to say these words. I really like the shaft on that weapon in that it looks like something you could hold and it's solid and metal and it's something you can hang on to and smash people with it. It looks great. It's not overly complex. No, I totally understand you. It's a good one. Honestly, one of the things I feel like, I feel like rogues were a real missed opportunity this expansion. Daggers, snore. Yeah, two daggers and two sets of daggers and a set of swords. And I quite frankly would have loved it if they, you know, rogues can use fist weapons. Rogues can use axes. I would have liked to have seen it like an, an axe pairing, a dagger pairing and a sword pairing or an axe fist sword pairing. I've even, always, or... I've always used swords on a rogue. So I'm happy that they're swords. I'm not happy that they're pirate swords without a basic cutlass design. What the hell is that? But we've gone over that before. Yeah. I was going to say, but <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of stuff that I would have liked to have seen that we didn't get, um, the problem is that most of the stuff that I would have liked to have seen that we didn't get is stuff that's already out there or stuff that never really. I wanted to see, and I still want to see it someday, the Great Royal Sword. Yes. Uh, the one that uh, Anduin Lothar used. And the problem is that we don't know which sword that was. We don't know if it's the one that got broken uh, atop Black Rock Mountain or not. Quite frankly, that wouldn't make me want it any less. If it is the broken sword, I think that if would make it even cooler. If we could pick up the pieces of Frostmourne and make weapons out of them, we could do something with that blade. Yeah. Or even just wield it broken. Imagine, you know, it's so oh, cool awesome. that even broken. Like, yeah, um, just like, what's his face? Missing guy. Turalyon? Yes. Doesn't he use a broken sword? He uses that broken sword, but he only right. used it that one time. So, yeah. We don't we don't know if he used it after. But we don't oh, know yeah. if he took All it All the statues it. of him he's holding. Yeah, but that's because his big moment was when he picked right. that thing up. But see, that that makes it a good candidate for both warriors and paladins, because it was the sword of the best warrior who ever lived, and it was picked up by the best paladin. Who, um, so you kind of have, and yeah, I said it, Turalyon's better than Uther. Even Uther admitted it. But anyway, uh, so there's lots of there's lots of stuff out there I think would be cool, but it already exists. Like you know, um, Quell Sarar is awesome, but it's already there, so you can't get it as an artifact. And yeah. there's. Doomhammer, which is, you know, one of the one of the hammers, one of the very few hammers that we're getting. And I kind of wish Doomhammer wasn't a thing, because I would like Enhancement Shaman to get cool fist weapons again. Like, um, my favorite fist weapons are, are they from Hyjal? The ones that are, like, Bernie and The Fist of Glock, Molten Fury, yeah. have them both on my Yeah. <laughs> Those look so cool. So if you could just give them some, like, really hulking, like, Hulk fists of the elements... That would be amazing. Make them really cool, but um, make sure that they're credible Hulk fists. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, they make my biggest problem, noises when you punch people. Like the honestly, toys. my biggest problem with the Doomhammer is the, is the twinning. Yeah. The fact that it makes an elemental clone of itself. Because uh, quite frankly, enhancement used to be a two-hand spec, and if you're gonna make an, the Doomhammer the enhancement weapon, then just embrace the fact that you've decided you want it to be a two-hand spec again, because that's what that weapon is. You, Thrall didn't do that. Thrall used that thing for like three expansions and never once did he pull it out. Like he pull out another one. Yeah. He didn't make an elemental clone of it. He just swung the one hammer. He fought Karat. Did he just not know it could do that? Like, holy, you know, I don't want to make Thrall look even less effective. Like, yeah. seriously, he didn't yeah. even know he could use that thing. There's some interesting stuff going on with that, but I'm not going to go into it yeah. because spoilers, but there's some interesting stuff going on with that. Uh, you know, if they really wanted to, they could have actually used the fact that we went to another world to explain why we had two doom hammers, and that would be hilarious, quite frankly. Oh, that would be two... that would be really funny. <laughs> two doom hammers actually vibrate when you bring them close together. Like, nope, 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 we're not touching, we're not touching. I can't get them close; they just won't. I'm trying to fuse them into one hammer. Nope, won't do it. But all right, uh, I think we've pretty much covered that. Uh, so we'll move on to the next email. This one is from Lernex, who's an orc warrior. Uh, Dear Council of Meteorologists. First, what is Anne's character's transmog on the live stream? Well, since Anne's here, 
Oh, very fashionable. Um, right now she's wearing like a combination of the gear. Okay, the red and black gear, like that's a combination of bl the Blood Knight set and the Battleforge set because they have the same model. Um, if you can find them on the auction house, good luck affording them because they're usually pretty expensive, um, particularly the boots and gloves because they're really visually distinct. Um, and then her chest piece is part of the engraved set. Um, and I believe that the belt is also engraved. It's either the engraved set. Let me look. Um, do, 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 do. No, actually, her belt is a Battleforge belt right now, but I do have an engraved belt that I usually wear with it, and I don't know why that's not equipped right now. Obviously, I transmogged the wrong thing. Anyway, and the bow that she's got is the Skyfire Hawk bow, and that one's from Magister's Terrace, I think it was. Yeah? No, no, um, I don't think no. Skyfire Hawk No, 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 it was from, it was from, uh, one of the... Whatever one has Cargath Bloodfest in it. Shattered Halls? It was, yeah, Shattered Halls, excuse me. It was from the Ogre Boss in Shattered Halls. The two-headed... Yeah, I remember boss. because we had to get his disturbing loincloth. That's right. That's, yeah, that's right. Then, yeah, okay. The next question is, second, how is Mitch able to transmog the fleet commander's hat onto Vizzle the Mage? Honestly, I think that hat is just a transmog-only item, isn't it? Um, It's a costume item, and the thing is, is like, if you earn it on one character, they mail it to all of your characters. So Hattie actually has one of those. And I could transmog yeah. it if I wanted to, but it looks kind of silly. Except so it, it removes your hair. Yeah. That looks terrible on female characters in this game. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason I don't participate in a lot of the holiday stuff. Like, I could get a Santa hat, but all of my characters will lose their hair and look awful. It looks really fine. weird. They go bald. It's very strange. I wish they I'm could playing fix a, that. I'm playing a Night Elf, which is probably the best look you're going to get for the female character in WoW, but not without hair. See, here's my thought. If they can put Pepe on our heads without removing our hair, why can't they do the same thing with the hat? Can't they make the hat, like, big and poofy and it covers more of your head so, like, your hair could have been tucked up in there? It just covers enough of your head that it's not a problem? I don't know. Instead of making it teeny tiny, like, on top of your head, and then you're bald. Yeah. Just but like I said, if they, can, if they can balance Pepe on our heads without getting rid of the hair... They should be able to do the same thing with a helm, with like a hat. I think when I, ta I talked about this really bothering me many years ago now, the Christmas hat. I was like, can't you just put it on top? Like, why is that an issue? Balance it I like think, you do with Pepe. <laughs> I think people's theories was trolls are at fault because they have mohawks and stuff. And if they didn't remove the hair, the mohawk would cut the hat in half. Yeah, it would. But um, uh, obviously the solution is delete trolls. <laughs> as somebody good. who plays a troll no trolls are awesome they have the cutest toes so gross <laughs> while these two have their little foot discussion uh, third do you all have anything special planned for the one year anniversary episode just as a state of the nights or i mean blizzard watch address or a, sh a slightly longer show that night or maybe guest hosts uh, um i didn't know we were coming up on that i don't um, were, we, were we paying attention to that if uh, I knew the one year was coming up because uh, we basically launched the site on my birthday, so it's easy to remember. Do we have plans? I'll say yes to make myself sound better, but honestly, no. Not for the podcast, anyway. I don't think we talked about doing anything special for the podcast. We should, because... So you could say yes and then immediately start working on plans. Yeah, we definitely have plans. Uh, no problem. We'll have something amazing. It'll be great. Yep. Yeah, trust me, it'll it'll be fantastic. Yep. Man, I don't know. We'll figure yep. it out later. Okay, next question. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we leave, Lernix also said, I love listening to the podcast. Thank you, Lernix. Thanks. Uh, this next question is from Alden Jr., Realm, Wormrust Account, Guild, Normagon Forever. And that's important because the question is, Dear Watchers, given my guild affiliation, I am sure you can figure out my question, but will gnomes get any love lore-wise in Legion? We don't know. No. Uh, okay. As of right now, I'm just saying no, because I've seen nothing. Here's the thing. Have I seen many major plots with gnomes? No. Am I, do I think they're going to get them? Probably not. Have we seen a lot of Legion? Also, no. However, there are some notable gnomes that are there in the quest chains in Stormheim, particularly the beginning. There's a lot of people you'll recognize who are gnomes who are there. As a gnome hater, I wish they weren't there, because gnome quests are always really obnoxious, giving you some stupid item to do a stupid thing with, and it's stupid. 
But um, if you like gnomes, I think there's actually some content there that you'll probably enjoy. Alex, how could what? you? Alex is, Alex is not the guy you want to ask no. questions about we're hearing. Gnomes think, are cool. I think, I think we... gnomes could be cool, but instead, they're only there to give you quests with items which are really obnoxious to use and take forever to, like, get 30 charges of electrical whoozy whatsy for <laughs> no payoff. See, Electrical I'll, charges I'll, of 30 whoozy whatsy. They're, okay. they're just kill 10 boar quests, except they're harder to complete. I, 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 I'll say this. Uh, I want to say this because it's been like two years now. Not two years. Oh, my God. But many, many, many years. But the last time I really enjoyed a gnome quest chain was the airport in Borean Tundra because it yeah. had a huge more importance and it, it really dealt with stuff that they haven't dealt with since like that thing changed gnomes society and something i really have always wanted to see them do more with so it was pretty cool i enjoyed I that gnomes need to have some content that's like a serious narrative and not just goofy crap the only the only serious narrative i have seen out of gnomes was the gelbin mechatork short story and if you haven't read that you should probably go read that because it's free and, on the website and it's really good and when I say serious, like I don't mean it has to be like some kind of character progression or evolution with somebody somewhere. Basically, that it can't be a series of in jokes for the sake of "ooh, aren't, aren't gnomes funny?" Because you can, we got it, we get that gnomes are funny. It's can, can, gnomes have know? been kind of like relegated to this, you know, comedic relief role for the longest time, and I don't know if it's because it's people really just like can't take them seriously or don't want to write them seriously. I don't know. All I know is that short story, the one with Megatork, that was a really that was a really good story. And it wasn't like there was it was not comedic at all. It was actually like a really well written story and it was the kind of stuff that I wish we could see more of in game in terms of like character interaction and that kind of thing. Because gnomes aren't just, you know I don't like, think that they're get- just Com- comedic relief and i think it's kind of doing a disservice to them to treat them that way if we can give goblins the starting zone that has plenty of in jokes but also is pretty serious in times then we can give go- we can give gnomes something that's more yeah. and, but again saying we keep saying serious but we don't mean i'm not looking for sin city starring go- gnomes i'm not <laughs> looking for like you know that you would know, be sex weird. and debauchery <laughs> yeah that would be very strange but i mean these are these are it's a race of geniuses a little unhinged, but geniuses. Unhinged. They're all, yeah. Unhinged geniuses that are suddenly having to deal with the nature of their own existence. I yeah. mean, Orion Tundra, you know, you were saying, Rossi, that was huge. That was huge because gnomes didn't really look into, dwarves were the ones who were really concerned with, you know, their past and where they came from and the archaeology aspects of everything. And gnomes just didn't care because they're not looking at the past at all. They're looking towards the future and how to improve it. But yeah, when it they're was- suddenly confronted with their past like that, there has to be some kind of reaction involved. And it would be really interesting to see, I don't know, some kind of divide between the gnomes, between the ones that are going, wait, should we embrace this aspect of our past? And, you know, maybe the ones who are like, no, we should be constant. We should be doing what we're exactly what we're supposed to be. Do-. There's an argument there that, that, that could potentially happen. And it would be interesting to see. And just even the fact that, you know, there are an exiled people who have lost their homeland, they're all completely displaced, uh, just that at a base level, like, you'd think you would have some gnome characters who aren't just comedy relief. Yeah, like that crazy Death Knight one that you run into in Tanan, who's constantly sending you out to murder people. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. Give me more <laughs> gnomes that are like that, you know? Even she's a bit comedic, though, too. Yeah, but still... Yeah. All right. I literally, I could talk about um, those all. Day, I, I just want to mention uh, one of the gnomes. I was trying to remember his name because I couldn't think of it because I cannot think of gnome names. Uh, one of the gnomes who you will see in Legion is Tinkmaster Overspark. Oh, yeah. So he's there doing stuff. Um, And again, you know, as far as Legion is concerned, we can't really tell you too much about what's coming up in Legion because Alpha really, there wasn't a ton there in Alpha to explore just yet. So... Right now, not so much, but there may be some coming. We just, we don't know about it. Sorry. Okay. Next email is from Elemente. Hey, Elemente. Uh, Thromkaw Watchers. I have a few questions about the Worgen Curse. 
One, we know that the curse can be contracted by humans and night elves, but supposedly not by any other race. I get why night elves contract it, and why, for example, the undead wouldn't. But why would humans specifically be affected and not any of the other living race? Did a Rugal summoning, spirit, uh, summoning spell make humans vulnerable to? Two, is there any reason why the Worgen curse cannot become another epidemic among non-Gilnean humans and night elves? It seems to me that if you would only take a few lunatic Worgen, a certain epidemic in Stormwind or Darnassus, do you think that Varian and Taranda would have prevented the mechanisms of contingency plans in for this? Finally, so if a Worgen gets into a bar fight with a human or a night elf and bites them in the process, would they become Worgen too? Uh, Elemente or Shaman? I'm going to say the, the answer to like number two and three is uh, the reason it doesn't become another epidemic is because pretty much every worgen you run into has gone through the ritual of balance at the at the tree Taldora is that the name of the tree Ian? I think so yeah I can look it up yeah any any rate when they go through that ritual they balance their you know the the curse and themselves so it's not spreading anymore they can still deliberately spread it but you know for instance we see Crowley do this but they aren't just wandering around rapidly infecting. They're more in control of it at this point. And so why would humans it would be affected? Because Blizzard wanted to make Victorian werewolves of London, and that's it. Well, plus they, they had. I would honestly be willing to believe that anybody who can be a druid could be infected by it. So since that's night elves, worgen, tauren, and trolls, theoretically you could have tauren or trolls get it. Although, man, that'd be weird. Like, especially the Tauren ones, the bull wolves. I don't even know what that form would look like, you know, but that's within the realm of possibility. I wouldn't be surprised. But in terms of the story, I don't think they've ever actually said, you know, only humans and night elves can get this. I don't recall anyone ever saying that. Um, I, I read Curse of the, of the Worgen, and I'm positive nobody mentions, by the way, the curse is limited to these two races. Uh, I know Anne's read it, too, and she did a big review of it a while back, so she might be better to answer that. Do, do you remember anyone saying that, Anne? No, it was never specifically stated, so I'm not sure where that's coming from exactly. Um, but I do know that, like, as far as the Worgen go in game, like you said, the ones that went through, you know, they went through the whole balance thing that they don't affect other people now because they're kind of in check. Um, Wild Worgen? I don't know. Um, the sons of Aragal, whenever I got bitten by them out in Silverpine, I just died. <laughs> I straight yeah, up I, died. I, it didn't matter what character I was playing. I straight up died. The whole thing with Aragal really makes me wish they kind of didn't bring druidism into it. They just kind of let this be its own spooky thing. Uh, I think that would have been way cooler than, oh, it's a druid thing and Scythe of Balloon. It's like, no, just like, go all in. Have your cool Victorian London werewolves. Some crazy wizard did it. Get, keep the druids and the night elves out of here. Yeah. I think that would have been better. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I really like Alpha Prime. He's one of my favorite characters from the, the expanded media. Just because he's nuts and he's really, really, really into, into what he's doing. He's one of my favorite characters. Plus... I honestly wish that when you rolled a worgen, you could roll in a night elf and be one of the really old worgen. That's always been one of my things. Uh, I don't like being a human worgen because I don't like human form at all. So when I play a worgen, I never change back ever. I'm always just a worgen wandering around Stormwind as a worgen form. And nobody's like, ah, oh, God, monster wolf. So I guess the, the, the news is spread. Oh, yeah, those guys are fine. Don't worry about someone, that. But he's a giant monster wolf. Someone just pointed out in the chat channel, and I did forget about this. They said, remember when you sent, they sent in the 7th Legion non-human units at the Greymane Wall because they said they could not be infected? I had forgotten that, too. I had forgotten about that. I had totally forgotten that's about weird. that. So, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure why that's the case. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with, like, the origins of these particular races. But the human race and the night elf race don't really share, share an origin. They don't share any kind of, like, origin. There's no commonality. Humans it's, would have more in common with dwarves and gnomes. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it that's a little strange. And... That's probably an interesting thing to point out. I, I don't know. Maybe Aragal's summoning spell did make humans vulnerable to it. Maybe I just there wish is they, kind of... they stuck with their uh, Van Helsing aesthetic Victorian <laughs> horror instead of let's bring in the the, uh, the hippies that are not like the cool Warcraft 3 elves. <laughs> I, I did like yeah, the whole, I... I liked how they worked the whole War of the Saturn. They worked all of that into it. And I really liked the Curse of the Worgen graphic novel. I thought it was a really good one. Um but 
And Ar- Argo is such a, a classic character, you know, from actual like classic World of Warcraft, and that everybody knew who he was. He was a really cool villain, and um, he kind of got chumped and pushed away from this whole Worgen thing. And him being kind of the, the root of all of this would have been really appealing to me. And that kind of classical horror way, where somebody does something really crazy and it goes terribly, goes horribly, horribly wrong. Plus, I mean, they didn't even. They basically, the way Arugal originally worked was simply, it was it's still exactly what he did this time. Yeah. He got the Book of Ur, he you know summoned them through without really knowing anything about them, and it all went horribly wrong. And uh, honestly, I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, I don't have a problem with them being Night Elf related. It doesn't bother me. I liked it fine. But this is a weird thing, the idea that they're only humans and Night Elves can get this, because humans and Night Elves got zip in common. Nothing like, you know, in common. And if like Night Elves blood, can blood contract elves it, are, one would assume that trolls could contract it too. Or Blood Elves. Or Blood Elves, yeah, if they were bitten. Um, and, you know, if, if humans can get it, then dwarves and gnomes should at least possibly be susceptible to it. Can you imagine what a gnome morgan would look like? It'd be so cute. Yes. I've always wanted gnome morgan. I've never understood why <laughs> people are opposed to this. It'd be like, you know, you tiny dogs are the worst dogs <laughs> i know yeah. right they have something to prove big <laughs> dogs don't so you get the no morgan and it's just a horror show all bets are like off bloodbath. it would be it's like fighting yoda there's, there's your it's serious like... gnome storyline give it to us <laughs> yeah you're fighting it's like fighting yoda except instead of a lightsaber he's got two chainsaws for hands that's what a, a gnome morgan is like and he's a lot flipping of... out jumping around everywhere yeah, it's like, it's, ah, oh, God, he's mauling me everywhere. Nothing below the waist is safe. But, yeah, I guess we're done. That's the show. Um, uh, at this point, we turn over to Anne. Okay. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, again, this has been Blizzard Watch, uh, where we talk about Blizzard games. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. Thank you very much for listening, and have a good week. 